Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes And non-toking lovers of liberty It is Monday, October 24th, 2016 And it's got to be 420 Somewhere in the world it's also got to be just 15 days away from the most important election in the history of marijuana reform. And we'll be bringing it to you live here on CannabisRadio.com with our exclusive coverage of Marijuana Election Night 2016. We'll be live in Los Angeles, California at the Drug Policy Alliance Prop 64 Watch Party at the Downtown Doubletree Inn. We'll be providing six hours of live coverage starting at 3 p.m. Pacific or 6 p.m. Eastern. We're going to cover all of the poll closings as they happen time zone by time zone in the five states that are voting on legalization and the four states voting on medical marijuana. We'll also have a look at some of the local votes, decriminalization in Ohio cities. We've got uh, some bans in Colorado, tax measures in California, uh, other uh, bans in Oregon to bring you. We've got local candidates running in Texas and Washington and in uh, Arizona and Montana who are longtime cannabis aficionados and activists they're running for office and we need to support them we'll have interviews with celebrities and policy experts and even the opponents of these ballot measures it's all coming up on november 8th tuesday marijuana election night hashtag mj election night online all right, for our show today, I am very excited. I've been working all morning on a piece that we can bring you exclusively from weednews.co, where I am one of the featured uh, writers, and it's uh, an expose on some emails that uh, I received copies of between Project Sam head Kevin Sabet and uh, one of his uh, other people, Jeffrey Zinmeister, and how this prohibitionist organization that hates medical marijuana that says smoked marijuana is not medicine that wants to continue the status quo of tickets and fines arrests and jail for marijuana consumers and cultivators that group project sam is officially working with letitia pepper and other medical marijuana supporters that oppose proposition 64 to present a series of press conferences coming up this week where they tout their shared opposition to marijuana legalization. I'll give you all the details coming up in the Radical Rant, so stay tuned for that. Also coming up on the show today, it is Monday, so we got to get our regular dose of cannabis science with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. He's going to discuss the new findings from Vice on why the FDA uh, uh, believes that marijuana is not medicine. Hint, it has to do with stoned monkeys. We've also got a new study that has uh, isolated some of the activities of the marijuana, of the cannabinoid receptors in the human body. We'll ask him about that. We've got some uh, archaeological information, a 2,500-year-old burial that shows some uh, cannabis use evidence. We'll ask the question, does cannabis really cause people to become drug dependent? We'll also take a look at whether or not high-potency marijuana makes any difference in that dependency and how marijuana and alcohol abuse 
beliefs are uh, co-mingled and may lead to a greater incidence of schizophrenia. Also coming up on the show, we'll have our drug war data mining. And 15 days out from the election, we're going to give you our latest in our poll update. We've got some new polls out of Arkansas on that medical marijuana measure, plus some stuff coming out of Massachusetts. In Behind the Headlines, we'll take a look at Project Sam's Ben Court and the others who are trying to fight the inevitable tide of marijuana legalization. But we start things off with the Cannabis Radio News right after this next break. We'll tell you about an RV full of marijuana candy that caught fire. Arkansas's first pro-medical marijuana TV ad. A recall for pesticides on cannabis in Oregon. And some information on North Dakota's Medical Marijuana Measure 5. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I opted for convenience to use my personal email account. Okay, maybe you're high too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News, covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, October 24th, 2016. 
Oregon state health officials have issued a health alert about marijuana products that may have been tainted with high levels of a pesticide and sold to about 130 people southwest of Portland. The Oregon Health Authority said Friday the alert concerns dried flower marijuana sold by a medical marijuana dispensary called New Leaf in McMinnville. The strain names are Dr. Jack, batch number G6J0051-02, and Marion Berry, batch number G6J0051-01. The products were sold to customers between October 17th and October 19th and came from batches that failed a pesticide test containing high levels of a chemical known as spinosad. Anyone finding the tainted product can return it to the dispensary or dispose of it. Effects of smoking marijuana containing spinosad are not known. According to the National Pesticide Information Center at Oregon State University, spinosad is a natural substance made by a soil bacterium that can be toxic to insects. Those concerned about exposure should contact the Oregon Poison Center at 1-800-222-1222. Arkansas medical marijuana supporters began airing their first TV ad for one of two legalization proposals on the ballot next month, touting the measure as a way to help treat children with seizures. One of the state's top opponents of medical marijuana, however, said the ad shows that there's a way to use compounds for marijuana to help patients without a more widespread medical pot initiative. Informing Arkansas, a group affiliated with the campaign behind one of the ballot proposals, bought more than $154,000 worth of airtime to begin airing the 32nd spot in the Little Rock, Fort Smith, and Fayetteville markets, according to documents filed with the Federal Communications Commission. The ad features a New Mexico mom who uses cannabidiol, or CBD, which is derived from cannabis, to help stop her infant daughter's seizures, saying, quote, Without medical marijuana, I would have a lifeless baby in a wheelchair, end quote. As the counting of ballots started in Broward County, Florida on Monday, election officials and backers of the statewide amendment had verified no additional ballots were missing the medical marijuana question. Broward Supervisor of Elections Brenda Snipes allowed reporters and United for Care, a political committee backing Amendment 2, to observe the first 40 minutes of workers opening up the ballots at the elections warehouse in Lauderhill. They started with the Oakland Park ballots since the two verified reports of ballots missing the medical marijuana question came from that city. After watching county officials examine the Oakland Park ballots, United for Care campaign manager Ben Pallara said he had some additional concerns that the vast majority of voters in Broward received a complete ballot containing the medical marijuana question. North Dakota voters will decide next month whether to legalize marijuana for medical use by siding either with opponents who say science is on their side or with supporters like a desperate grandmother who illegally purchased the drug to help her cancer-stricken daughter. Four states have ballot measures this year asking to join the list of 25 states that have comprehensive medical marijuana programs and 17 states that permit limited access to the drug. North Dakota's medical marijuana ballot initiative, Measure 5, would allow qualifying patients to possess up to three ounces of medical marijuana for treatment of about a dozen medical conditions, including cancer, AIDS, hepatitis C, ALS, glaucoma, and epilepsy. The state health department would issue ID cards for patients and regulate state licensed dispensaries. The North Dakota House rejected a medical marijuana bill last session after it was asked of Fargo Democrat Pam Anderson to sponsor the legislation. Police say a pot advocacy company's RV containing marijuana-laced candy burst into flames on a bridge that connects New Jersey and Delaware, causing lane closures and tying up traffic for hours. 
Weed World Candies tells WCAU-TV more than $50,000 in merchandise was destroyed Sunday evening when one of its vehicles heading to Philadelphia from Washington, D.C. caught fire on the Delaware Memorial Bridge. Passing motorists captured the blaze on video. The company uses tour vehicles to sell marijuana-laced lollipops and promote the legalization and decriminalization of marijuana. No injuries reported. The Delaware River and Bay Authority tells NewJersey.com all northbound lanes were closed for about a half hour. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, October 24th, 2016. I'm Russ Belleville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. The cannabis industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your Canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. I served eight years. I did three combat tours in the Marine Corps. A lot was was given up to, to, to earn that, you know. They determined I had PTSD. I found myself in the closet with a shotgun in my mouth. That's when my wife really took the stand of no more of these medications. We have to find a better way. I turned to marijuana and it saved me. That's why I support Prop 205. Help veterans just like me. Marijuana is not addictive, but listening to the Russ Belleville Show is. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we want to take a look at the pot prohibitionists who are just quaking in their boots at the prospect of marijuana election night 2016. The polls in five states, as we'll tell you in our next segment, are looking very positive for all five legalization measures to pass. And it's also looking positive to add medical marijuana in at least one or two more states. And the last Gallup poll to come out showed a 60% support nationwide for marijuana legalization on the eve of this election. But there's a story in the Orange County Register. It's entitled, A Drug Dealer in a Suit is Still a Drug Dealer. Experts in Nearby States Warn Against California Legalization. 
It features a look at Ben Court, who is supposedly an addiction expert from Colorado. He's also a member of Project Sam, Kevin Sabet's uh, anti-legalization organization. And uh, for the record, I debated Ben Court at uh, Texas Christian University. I believe it was in 2013 or maybe it was sooner. Maybe it was more recent than that. I think it was more recent than that. And uh, heard many of the same arguments that he makes in this particular article. Uh, He says that uh, Colorado is drowning in weed and says that he can't believe that uh, California is about to legalize something that terrorizes him, saying, quote, we're the canary in the coal mine. We're treating more addicts for cannabis than we are for opiates, end quote. Well, uh, uh, Ben, that's a good thing, isn't it? Don't we want fewer heroin addicts? At least someone who might be so-called addicted to marijuana isn't going to die from it, isn't going to have a fatal overdose. And as far as whether we're treating more addicts for cannabis, the other thing that needs to be remembered here is that marijuana treatment centers, these rehabs that get people in for marijuana, they get them mostly from the criminal justice system that are uh, forcing them to go there through some sort of a plea deal, or they get them from uh, the workplace or the schools that uh, offer an ultimatum, either go to this rehab or you get kicked out of school or lose your job. Now, marijuana has been legalized in Colorado, so we don't have as many of the criminal justice referrals as we used to have. But you can bet that the uh, addiction medicine uh, practitioners in California are lining up against Prop 64 because they know how that will impact their bottom line. Court also says that the THC levels in gummy bears in Oregon uh, are 20 times higher than. in Colorado than where they are in Oregon. And this has to do with the uh, potency limits that they uh, wish to install in these various laws. Uh, Prop 64, according to court, also says it will legalize dangerously high THC and that, uh, according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, extracts, quote, can deliver extremely large amounts of THC to users, end quote. Now, the... uh, Ben Court, uh, in his writing here, uh, talks about uh, the dangers that we're going to to have here and worries that uh, we're going to have this big marijuana problem, that we're going to have these big businesses that uh, are trying to prey on the kids, trying to prey on the marijuana consumers by forcing them, forcing them to uh, use these high potency products to get them addicted so that they'll continue to consume those products. And this, of course, ignores what you and I and everybody else with any experience with marijuana understands already. And that is, you don't got to sell marijuana. Marijuana sells itself. The people who want to use marijuana and cannabis products already are. And all we do through legalization is provide them a safe legal outlet for acquiring this product. So much of the scaremongering that we get from Ben Court and Kevin Sabet and all of these Project Sam type people is founded on this idea, this this myth that somehow legalizing marijuana invents marijuana as if it's not here already, as if it's not a huge multi-billion dollar industry already, as if people aren't smoking and driving already, as if kids don't 
get into the marijuana candies already. These things already happen, especially when we're talking about a state like California with its extremely lax permission slip quasi legal medical marijuana system. To think that Prop 64 is going to cause any more impact to the state of California than Prop 215 has seen in the past 20 years is simply ludicrous. Ben Court, Kevin Sabet, all the best of these Project Sam guys are the chicken littles of today, the boys who cry wolf. Sorry, I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. And nobody cares about them anymore. You're losing, guys. Past three years, we haven't seen a national survey that's shown more opposition to marijuana legalization than support. You are the dodo birds. You are the buggy whip manufacturers. You are the dinosaurs sinking into the tar pits of historical irrelevance. All right, we're right back with those polls right after this. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold. California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show. Providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. 
Welcome back, everyone. Today in the Data Mines, we are taking our weekly look at the polls as we approach Marijuana Election Night 2016. We've got five states voting on legalization. We'll get to those polls in just a second, but we're going to start today with the medical marijuana states, the four states voting on five different initiatives, two of them in Arkansas. These five states and the latest polls that we've got on them. And uh, the first one is some good news that we continue to get out of the Sunshine State, uh, state of Florida, where the latest Anzalone List Grove Research poll came out. The uh, poll asked people from October 17th through October 20th. So uh, just last week asked about that. And... uh, the poll wanted to uh, the poll found out that we've got again major support for the medical marijuana initiative in the state of Florida. This poll gives us a 74 to 26 support. That is 3 out of 4 people almost in the state of Florida are supporting amendment 2, which is great news because amendment 2 as you know has to get 60% in a, in order to pass in order to be a part uh, of the uh uh Florida Constitution. Got to get 60% to pass. So good news there. And it it continues to rise. Uh, We had a poll from Breitbart in October 11th that was a 54-35. WESH public policy polling in October 14th was a 69-24. So this poll is five points better than a poll that was taken just three days prior. But the bad news we have for you comes out of the state of Arkansas, where there are two initiatives that are fighting uh, for the vote. The issue six is the medical marijuana amendment, the constitutional amendment, and it's the one that's the stricter of the two, has stricter qualifying conditions and uh, no home grow. That issue six is currently failing, according to the talk business and politics poll from October 21st, showing it with 45% support. 50% opposition. Now, this is down from a previous uh, talk business poll that was 49-43. So the support has dropped four points while opposition has increased by seven. The other uh, medical marijuana initiative, the Medical Cannabis Act, which is a statutory act, it's issue seven. It's the more liberal of the two, has more qualifying conditions, and would allow some patients who live farther than 20 miles from a dispensary to be able to grow their own cannabis. This one is also failing. Uh, Latest talk business and politics poll, October 21st, 40% support with 53% opposition. Now, good news out of this poll is some of the undecided voters have come around to issue seven. The last talk business poll in September was a 36-53 opposition. So opposition hasn't changed to issue seven, but it has gained four more points from the undecideds. But with the opposition to both of them being above or at 50%, it's not looking promising to pass medical marijuana in the natural state. Uh, The other two states, of course, North Dakota has medical marijuana measure five. We still don't have any polling on that any more recent than 2014. And in Montana, the Lee News uh, Lee Newspapers poll uh, from October 10th through the 12th is the first poll we've gotten on Montana. That's Initiative 182, where they're trying to restore the medical marijuana program to its previous glory, uh, to have dispensaries and uh, caregivers who can care for more than three patients, and to have doctors who are not audited if they write more than 
25 recommendations. That initiative 182 is also on the verge of failure. Uh, it's getting 44% support to 51% opposition. So to, su- so to summarize, of the five votes taking place on medical marijuana in the 2016 election, it appears only Florida is likely to pass and possibly the more strict one in Arkansas, but it's going to be a tough fight. Now, let's take a look at the marijuana legalization polls in the various states. Out of California, the latest poll that we've received, the IGS field poll from October 18th, shows a 60 to 31% support for Proposition 64, looking like we are going to pass in California. And it joins other polls in the past two months that have been 60-31, 58-34, 60-36, looking very positive for Prop 64. In the state of Arizona, we are seeing a little bit of movement on uh, the Arizona Prop 205, where the October 20th Arizona Republic Cronkite poll shows a 50 to 42 support, very close there, but 50 to 42 support in Arizona. The uh, opposition is down from a Arizona higher ground poll from two days prior that was 50 to 45, and uh, Cronkite's poll from September was 50 to 40. So uh, the movement there, it could be uh, less opposition or more opposition, depending on which poll you judge it against, but still looking positive in Arizona. In Nevada, we got a troubling poll that came out of uh, Ben Dixon and Amandi from September 27th through 29th, a 47-46 plurality in support of Nevada's question two. However, two other polls from the same basic time frame from Suffolk and KTNV showed 57-33 and 53-39 support in Nevada. Out of Massachusetts, the latest poll we've gotten from WBUR television shows a 55 to 40 support. That's an October 19th poll. And that matches other polls from September that were 55, 39 and 53, 40. Very positive look in Massachusetts. And then in the state of Maine, the Portland Press Herald's poll from September 15th through the 20th shows a 53 to 38 support in Maine. So All five of the states are showing majority support. California, 60%. Arizona, 50%. Nevada, 57%. Massachusetts, 55%. And Maine, 53%. We'll, of course, bring you all of the results live on Marijuana Election Night 2016, coming to you from Los Angeles, California, on CannabisRadio.com. We'll be on from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Mitch Earlywine in the Cannabis Q&A, telling you the latest on marijuana science. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Prop 64 makes marijuana legal in California for adults 21 and over. And here's what else it does. 
bans marijuana use in public. Permit sales only at licensed marijuana businesses, not at grocery or convenience stores. And Prop 64 generates a billion in new tax revenue for California to fund after-school programs and job training and placement initiatives. Learn more at yeson64.org. Vote yes on 64. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabinoids and health who pins the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in to 971-533-7111 now. All right, welcome back, everybody. Time for our Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch. And a quick note that we have a new phone number now, which is 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. And uh, we got Dr. Mitch on the line. Welcome, Dr. Mitch. How you doing? Crazy day. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. And uh, we're 15 days away from the election. How are you feeling about our prospects? Uh, very positive, but man, I can't wait till this is over. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. It's getting a little crazy out there. I, I, uh, I'll be reporting in the next segment about how, um, some medical marijuana, uh, proponents are joining up with Kevin Sabet and Project Sam to oppose Proposition 64. So things are getting pretty crazy out, he- out here in the West. I'm looking forward to throwing a giant bag of legal pot at them. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, let's get to our questions and also on monitoring the chat room. If you got any questions in chat, we can get to those. But there's a whole bunch of studies that are out uh, recently that we need to talk about. And the first one is uh, actually the uh, the research by Keegan Hamilton out at Vice News, where he's uh, picked up 121 pages of documents from the FDA that explain why they thought cannabis needs to remain in Schedule One. And I understand, Doctor Mitch, it has to do with stoned monkeys. Well, believe it or not, there were some data gathered on some four stoned monkeys who uh, had quite a bit of smoke blown in their faces through a mask that may have deprived them of oxygen in a way that made people think that, in fact, cannabis would create certain brain changes that, in fact, I'm afraid, basically resulted from these poor monkeys not getting enough air in between hits. (laughs) <laughs> what were some of the other reasons the FDA gave us as to why uh, cannabis has to stay in Schedule 1? Well, so some of those same uh, studies uh, showed how poorly we measure motivation, basically. And so uh, you do see some monkeys who aren't necessarily willing to work for a piece of lettuce after they've gotten stoned. But in all honesty, who's willing to work for a piece of lettuce? And then the, the standard hyping on the idea of dependence and no medical use. So the, the uh, medical utility data weren't that great uh, at the time some of those first reviews were done, but we know a whole lot better now. 
And then, uh, unfortunately, the whole misunderstanding of what uh, dependence really is and the notion of uh, cannabis-induced problems being poorly measured and often confused for just plain old adolescence uh, made folks think that that was reason enough to keep Schedule 1 going. Are, are these kind of criteria and evaluating standards used by the FDA for other drugs, or is it only mon- uh, uh, marijuana that we get monkeys stoned on? Well, so what's sad is uh, intranasal cocaine, which does have one medical use in ocular surgery, uh, suddenly it gets uh, scheduled two. It gets, it gets the pass, and it's simply because of that one medicinal use, when in fact we do have alternative medications that do that same job, including linocaine and some other local anesthetics. So that certainly makes no sense. And then uh, basically drugs with no dependence potential at all, hmm. uh, even lower than cannabis like LSD, uh, end up in Schedule 1. And I think it's just uh, we don't want people thinking thoughts that aren't linear. Mm. Very well put. Uh, As far as our uh, endocannabinoid system, there's been a great development that I was reading about of these researchers that were able to kind of freeze a marijuana receptor, a cannabinoid receptor, uh, to discover more about how it works. Uh, What did you pick up from this, Dr. Mitch? Uh, I mean, the bottom line is it looks like the cannabinoid system is not as simple as we once thought. It doesn't fire up uh, against the dopaminergic system or some of the other ones that are stereotypically associated with uh, dependence-inducing drugs, and uh, this notion of sort of freezing and then unfreezing creates kind of a, a reversible lesion, if you will, uh, the kind of thing where you can see what the impact is and then see if it comes back. And we're finding that, you know, the cannabinoid system is, is important for the things that we thought, like pain modulation, uh, inflammation in response to pain, and basically all the, all the things that we, that we knew were there. And this is just a, another way of sort of proving that with a, a much more straightforward approach than either blocking it chemically or actually breeding mice that don't have CB1 receptor itself. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. And uh, folks, if you want to uh, look at that article, uh, send me an email. I'll send you the link to it. I'm RadicalRuss at gmail.com. Uh, now let's turn to archaeology. You and I have talked a bit uh, in the past about the history of cannabis, how it goes all the way back to the Chinese emperors in you know, 2700 BC and so forth. There's a, a new uh, article out on a 2,500-year-old burial that hints at some ancient cannabis use. And c- does this uh, expose for us you know, the more of the recreational or health uses of cannabis versus some of the other archaeological finds? This is kind of strange. So it's essentially using the plants to wrap the body on uh, some of these buried participants. And I think it either was, you know, some kind of end of life sort of uh, care, much like we have uh, giving people access to medications at the end of life to sort of ease their pain or perhaps some spiritual uh, association between the plant, perhaps its subjective effects, and then trying to, you know, sort of create a a nice afterlife for these people. So I I find it intriguing as hell because it really is uh, plant material, not just hemp or fiber or some cloth that was made from the plant. And so I'm I'm eager to see what what the other archaeologists uh, chime in and and decide. Mm, Yeah, fascinating stuff. And and we found other... Uh, you know, Iceman, you know, for example, buried that have like, say, hemp cloth or hemp, uh, uh, you know, materials. 
but this, you know, the medical use and the, and the uh, recreation, which is something that we're trying to discern from some of these finds. It's very interesting stuff. Uh, the next topic we've got is uh, we got a couple of these where um, now that marijuana legalization is happening and it seems, you know, inevitable, uh, some of our opponents are turning now to ways that they can restrict it. They, they know they can't stop it, but how can they slow it down? One of these things is about potency. They want to set up potency limits. And that brings us to the question about whether or not cannabis actually causes some sort of drug dependence, some sort of addiction, and does high-potency marijuana make any difference in the progression of this dependence? Let's get your thoughts on that, Dr. Mitch. I mean, we've had Zachney's data since the early 90s suggesting that when folks are smoking high-potency cannabis, they take smaller hits, hold them less long, and end up with you know, peak GHC levels that aren't a whole lot different from folks smoking, smoking relatively low-potency uh, cannabis. The dependence issue has always been tried at this epidemiological level, and a lot of alarmist stuff has come out. But, but in truth, it doesn't seem to be the issue because we monitor dose. Uh, how high is high tends to be pretty much the same across Craig Ryan's data for decades and decades. I do feel like uh, the attempt to control potency is a false sense of security. So if we don't have hash oil or shatter or things like that, aren't people just going to smoke more of something else and sort of end up in the same subjective state anyway? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely stuff that's uh, uh, of concern to us. And it seems to me that there's some... Uh, you know, we try. I think our opponents try to conflate the fear that we have of, of truly difficult, physiologically addictive substances like heroin or OxyContin or cocaine with the mild dependence that we might get from cannabis, which is really more akin to uh, like caffeine or, or, or tobacco. Uh, is, is that fair to say? In fact, tobacco is markedly worse. And before and I had a chapter in politics that I wanted to call marijuana almost as addictive as caffeine. When you get professional input on this, uh, they tend to rate caffeine just a little higher than THC. So, and also, CBD content really contributes to the subjective experience. So somebody could have a 17% strain with no CBD in it and end up uh, feeling much more spacey and sort of intoxicating than one with 24% THC, but lots of CBD in it. So I'm afraid uh, this is a real red herring. So these uh, these opponents that are trying to push the idea that the higher the potency of the cannabis, the more problems people will develop with it. Uh, there's just nothing to that. I mean, it sounds to me like saying uh, someone's more likely to be an alcoholic on gin than beer. I like that parallel a lot when, in fact, I think you and I can both make some beer drinking alcoholic without spreading too far outside our own families. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right to dad, I'll tell you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have a, a question from our chat room. Uh, John Thomas uh, out there has, has picked up on a study, and uh, this is one I was going to ask you about as well. It's it been printed in the uh, Journal of Clinical Psychiatry about the correlation of dependence with drug interaction. Like if you're a drinker, are you more likely to become dependent on pot? If you're a Coke user, will you be more dependent on cigarettes and so forth? What is the take home from this study? Is it something we should concern ourselves about? I think it's worth uh, taking note of, and my student Sarah Smucker and I did some work comparable to this earlier on. The thing is that alcohol tends to slow the metabolism of some other drugs or change it into novel substances. So uh, cocaine by itself is particularly dependence-producing, but 
in combination with alcohol, it creates copaethylene, which seems to be even more dependence-producing. Alcohol doesn't make THC more dependence-producing, but it does slow THC metabolism. Not that I'm trying to save anybody money on their on a cannabis bill, but <laughs> simultaneous use of these does have the potential to at least make THC's impact last longer. And so that's something to keep in mind uh, if you are uh, basically a simultaneous polydrug user. Hmm. All right. Good information. And we'll uh, we'll follow up on that and uh, perhaps write an article on that. Uh, we d- another question from our chat room. Uh, a listener in Hawaii wants to know uh, about gabapentin. Uh, basically, the, the what is it and is it uh, highly addictive? So gabapentin is fucking poison, man. I just am totally frightened of it. It's supposed to have certain analgesic effects and per- perhaps help folks with peripheral neuropathy. I know a subset of folks who take small doses and claim it's particularly helpful, but the negative side effects are just utterly horrifying in this small subset of folks who have them. The problem is it's impossible to predict who's going to get them and who doesn't. I'm afraid the VAs are handing them out like candy. I just begged my dad to throw a bunch of them away. I have a friend from high school who is really suffering right now after she was put on it in in uh, an effort to, to change some of her medical symptoms. I really think it's just not a good way to go. And if you have medical cannabis to treat neuropathy, it's far and away much safer. Mm. Uh, the, the listener's asking some follow-up questions on what those side effects are, but I'm afraid we're out of time. So uh, I want to encourage folks, if you want to learn more about this, uh, send Dr. Mitch an email. You can reach him at 420research at gmail.com. And, of course, you can catch Dr. Mitch's podcast here on CannabisRadio.com, Burning Issues. And uh, who, who are you uh, speaking to uh, on the latest podcast, Doctor? Oh, it's two of our friends, uh, Chris and Mickey. And oh, they're yes. going to talk about why Prop 64 is definitely uh, a big thumbs up. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Mitchell Wine. We appreciate all your help, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Russ. All right. Stay tuned, folks. we got time for a radical rant coming up next on how the opponents of marijuana legalization are being joined by medical marijuana profiteers. Shocked, I am. Do you hear? Shocked. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... Healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. I hope everybody's got their vape pen handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine. But you don't, it's not a requirement. You don't have to be high for this show. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. You have to be high to do anything. At least I do. I don't know about you. In fact, I've been high so long that being straight is another high. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I was against the war in Iraq, just so you put it out. The record shows I, otherwise. The record why does not show why? that. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Hey, everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it, and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. All right, welcome back, everyone. 48 after the hour, and uh, today we are going to talk about something I just found out this morning. Uh, I received a a series of emails that were forwarded to me by uh, one of my listeners, that is an email chain between the Joker to my Batman, Kevin Sabet from Project Sam, the nation's leading anti-marijuana legalization organization, and Letitia Pepper, the uh, Guanaloco attorney from Riverside who thinks that uh, George Monsanto Soros is trying to destroy medical marijuana with Prop 64. Uh, you may remember that uh, Letitia was the... Um, the person who made the uh, uh, comment that I reported on the other day, which had to do with the uh, Prop 64 debate she was a part of. Uh, this was a debate between her and uh, attorney Matt Cuman, where she uh, made a comparison of medical marijuana in the United or medical marijuana in California, I should say, to the uh, lynchings and the Jim Crow that were experienced by African-Americans. Uh, listen to this uh, clip from this debate. This is amazing. So on the civil rights issue, everybody in this room right now in California we are being treated, and I've used this word, and people are like, oh, don't say that, but I'm going to, the N-word. Everybody in California who has used marijuana since the Compassionate Use Act passed, whether you're black, brown, white, yellow, we have all been treated like the niggers were treated, right? When we passed equal rights laws to protect people, and what happened? States, cities, counties passed Jim Crow laws to take those rights away. And how long did it take those people to get the rights back? A hundred years in fighting, people being killed, people being lynched. To get back rights, they already have. 
So that's Kevin Sabet's new ally in California trying to uh, defeat Proposition 64 legalization, Letitia Pepper. And I've been reporting on this ongoing phenomenon of these cannabis growers, marijuana dealers, pot smokers, and medical marijuana patients who always seem to side with the police, prison industry, prosecutors, prohibitionists, piss testers, and pot rehabs in fighting to keep marijuana illegal and, more important, keep the weed prices high. But that enemy-of-my-enemy relationship that they have had always been coincidental and platonic. But now... Now the champions of medical marijuana use are coming out to publicly denounce Prop 64 alongside Kevin Sabet's nonprofit that is dedicated to ensuring they can't use whole plant cannabis as medicine. They want to tell us that Prop 64 is going to destroy Prop 215 and joining the man who wants to destroy Prop 215 to do it. Now, these strange bedfellows are now shacking up together to protect their prohibition profiteering, and they don't care. So in this uh, series of uh, emails, it's Letitia Pepper, and um, she's looped in to a request last Friday, October 21st, written by Kevin Sabet, the head of Project Sam, the leading anti-legalization organization, to a man named Lonnie Painter. Lonnie Painter is the director of the Laguna Woods Medical Cannabis Dispensary. So, yes, a medical marijuana profiteer. Sabet asks in the email, quote, see what you think of this and please fill in the info, etc." end quote. And the, this is about a press release that he forwarded, a draft of a press release being written by Jeff Zinsmeister of Sam Action. That's the uh, political action committee for Project Sam. Uh, let me read you uh, the beginning of this uh, uh, draft press release. Now, I don't know if it's gone out yet or not. Uh, I've been watching their website, which is samaction.net. And uh, so far, I haven't seen it drop uh, in their news sec section. I'm uh, just taking a, uh, an update here on the page. And yes, yeah, no update yet. So I don't know if they've followed through with this. But here's what the, uh, the draft says. Sam Action, the nonprofit 501c4 affiliate of Sam, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, a nonprofit co-founded by a former Obama administration drug policy advisor, Kevin Sabet, and the largest donor to the No on 64 campaign in California, announced today a partnership with Laguna Woods Medical Cannabis Collective and Village Cannabis Club seniors to, appro to oppose Proposition 64. Press conferences will take place throughout California. Quote, the ballot initiative to legalize marijuana in California, Prop 64, is nothing more than a corporate money grab, end quote, said Kevin Sabet, president of SAM. All right, so that's the, that's the beginning of this press release. And notice that part where he talks about Prop 64 as a corporate money grab, because this is a part of a set of talking points for fighting Prop 64. Many of these are being echoed by stoners against legalization. Uh, for example, Dragonfly de la Luz's pieces actually copy and paste from Kevin Sabet's writings. And uh, Pepper, for her part, makes her contribution by providing Kevin Sabet with an additional scaremongering talking point about the dangers of marijuana edibles. In the press release, Pepper explained that she would, quote, show my editing suggestions by doing stuff in caps, you know, like capital letters, all caps, end quote, which is shown in the Zinmeister press release. And here it is. I'll, I'll let you know which part is uh, uh, Letitia's. Quote, 
While we may not agree with medical marijuana advocates on all marijuana policy, we're united in our opposition to this poorly written initiative, which would legalize pot ads on TV, allow marijuana candy to be sold, and then here's the part that Letitia Pepper adds, to the general public, which has no idea of the delayed intoxicating effect of marijuana edibles, and then Kevin continues, and allow, as in Washington State after marijuana legalization, commercial marijuana to be grown with hazardous pesticides that, when heated, turn into cyanide. So that's what's in the, uh, the draft press release right now. And uh, Painter, the uh, clinic owner, the uh, dispensary owner, he approves of the message and offers to provide some logistical support. And this continues in Zinmeister's draft. This is the quote that Lonnie Painter, the medical cannabis profiteer, is offering, quote, for those of us who care about medical marijuana patient rights and their health and safety, Prop 64's enactment would be a disaster. The multi-million dollar pro 64 funders behind 64 <laughs> represent Silicon Valley and Wall Street interests and others whose only concern is to cash in on marijuana legalization without regard to the needs of the sick, disabled, health compromised patients, many of whom are poor and on fixed incomes, end quote. So once again, you hear that talking point, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, big money. Now, Pepper reached out to others on Friday night, others in the medical marijuana industry to try to drum up some support, saying, quote, I understand that Kevin Sabet is hated, disliked and despised by many. That said, he contacted Richard Eastman to see if he could get some patients to turn out for a combined press conference of the anti-pot guys like him and his group and the pro-medical marijuana patient ad- activists, end quote. So also in that letter, as a side note, Pepper confirms the collusion between a veterans medical marijuana group and one of the nearly unanimous California law enforcement organizations to maintain marijuana prohibition that empowers the cops to harass veterans who use medical marijuana. She writes, quote, on a related note, Sean Kiernan from Weed for Warriors was contacted by the California chiefs of police to be part of a public discussion with no police publicly on display with church deacons and maybe someone else. I don't know. End quote. Uh, by the way, the Sean Kiernan if, and weed for warriors, if that name sounds familiar, he was one of the panelists at the Sacramento debate. I was a part on part of with uh, prop 64, uh, the guy that was uh, calling me names and insulting my mother and uh, denigrating my military service. So, oh, if you saw the memes that I sent around on my Facebook, you know, the one that has uh, the nun sodomizing me, uh, that was one that he approved of and shared and thought was hilarious. So that's the uh, Weed for Warriors guys. Now, on Saturday in this email chain, Pepper's reaching out to more of the medical marijuana industry opponents of legalization, including Dejay Kuti of the Patient Advocacy Network, including Humble Grace, a company that is uh, medical marijuana consultants, and, the, and a co-author of the original medical marijuana Prop 215, Anna Boyce, registered nurse. Uh, she writes, quote, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, that's not her writing. This is Pepper's writing, quote, Kevin Savet, she misspelled it, of Smart Approaches to Marijuana and Richard Eastland, she means Eastman, and I are working to create a one-time coalition of opponents of marijuana legalization and medical marijuana patients and patient providers 
to issue a no on 64 press release. I'm including Ellen Brown because the message from the coalition is not about marijuana, but all about the money and where it goes and who it comes from. Basically, another way to transfer money from poorer people to richer people. And because of her writings on that subject, vis-a-vis 64, end quote. That's uh, that's Pepper's uh, outreach to Anna Boyce, Dejay Kuti, Humboldt Grace, and others. When we come back from our break here at the bottom of the hour, we'll continue on this and give you more of this exclusive look at the conspiracy, the collusion between medical marijuana industry and the forces that want to end medical marijuana. Politics makes strange bedfellows, doesn't it? Well, folks, that's all the time we got for hour one, but stay tuned. We're coming up back with hour two, Toker Talk Radio, and the phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care of each other, Tokers. This is the Russ Bellville Show. The Russ Bellville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a Now it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can toke. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Potland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonta graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everyone. Hour two, Toker Talk Radio is in effect. Glad to have you here. We're continuing on with an extended rant here about uh, the collusion. Finally, the open and unflinching collusion between the medical marijuana profiteers in California. Some of them, let me be fair, not all of them. There's plenty of people that are medical marijuana patients and providers, plenty of them, probably the vast majority of them, that are intelligent enough to see that legalization is in their best interest. 
Now, there's just a few, a tiny fringe minority of these medical marijuana profiteers that want to keep the status quo. They want to keep California quasi-legal. They love medical marijuana. The reason they love it so much is because the way medical marijuana is set up in California, it's just illegal enough to keep the price at 300 bucks an ounce, but it's just legal enough that you can still have a, a viable customer base and not have to fear going to prison. So why would you want to change that? If you're a medical marijuana profiteer, if you're a doctor who's making bank on uh, writing uh, your signature for permission slips, you got a monopoly on that. You got a guaranteed set of customers that are going to be coming through the door every day. If you're a dispensary in your area, that's kind of set up the, the, the uh, domination of that market in your particular region, why would you want more capitalized competition? Of course not, right? So these people are just, in most cases, rent-seeking uh, when you talk about the business aspects. And the sad part is that there's a lot of these patients now that are listening to them, listening to these profiteers, and being confused and fooled by people like Letitia Pepper that string together uh, uh, some correlations and, and put together some of the text taken out of context or only half represented to frighten people about uh, the end of medical marijuana if we legalize and to, to steer them away from what is in their own best interest. These, these medical marijuana patients who want to talk to me about compassion, the compassionate providers under Prop 215 who are helping the patients out of compassion, uh, yeah, that compassion is costing you 300 bucks an ounce. <laughs> that compassion is uh, costing you twelve, fifteen, eighteen dollars a gram. Now, up here in Oregon, where we have uh, medical and recreational marijuana, um, somehow our evil corporations and terrible big marijuana business interests that just want to make a buck are selling the same marijuana at half the price or three quarters of the price with the tax included. So what is better for the patients uh, having to spend 300 bucks an ounce under medical or having to spend 150 to 200 bucks an ounce under recreational? But this is a phenomenon that's uh, been going on since 2010, since the Prop 19 campaign. And up to this point, it's always just been kind of coincidental, like the cops are against it because it's law enforcement and the uh, rehabs are against it because it hurts their client base. And and Kevin Sabet and those guys are against it because they got, you know, friends in big pharma that don't want to see it passed. And then the medical marijuana people didn't want it passed. Usually their justification is their fear that it is going to end medical marijuana. And that had always been kind of uh, known. I mean, we knew these people all wanted to vote on the same side, but it just happened to be coincidental. But not anymore. No, this series of emails that we've uncovered between Letitia Pepper and uh, uh, Kevin Sabet and Anna Boyce and uh, Richard Eastman and others is the smoking gun that shows that medical marijuana providers, medical marijuana attorneys, medical marijuana consultants, medical marijuana profiteers, and again, not all of them, but some of them are actively working with our enemies to maintain the prohibition that puts us in cages for growing cannabis and shame on them for their collusion. If they really, really want to stand up for the patients, how can they stand next to the guy who wants to ensure 
that none of them can grow cannabis and that none of them can have access to whole plant cannabis buds. That's what Kevin Sabet and Project Sam stand for, Letitia Pepper, Richard Eastman, Anna Boyce. They're the ones that would repeal Prop 215 if they could. And you want to tell me Prop 64 is going to do it? And, and for you to have this, uh, to, to be on your high horse about medical marijuana, when Kevin Sabet is one of these people that says smoked marijuana isn't medicine, is just abominable. It's just terrible who you've allied yourself with. Now, as we continue this, and by the way, you can read up on this at weednews.co. I've got the post up right now and uh, with links to various uh, various parts of these uh, emails. The um, We had talked about in the, in the first hour about how uh, Letitia Pepper was contacted and Richard Eastman and some others were contacted by Kevin Sabet. Kevin Sabet's trying to recruit medical marijuana voices in California to oppose Prop 64. And they responded. Letitia Pepper kind of took, took the, uh, uh, the initiative to respond and start to recruit others and, and had sent this email out to Dejay Kuti from the, uh, from the uh, Patient Advocacy Network. Uh, she had Richard Eastman, uh, Sean Kiernan from Weed for Warriors Project, Humboldt Grace, one of the consulting firms, uh, and Anna T. Boyce, a registered nurse who was one of the Prop 64 co-authors. Now, this is where it gets very interesting, folks, because these people, Boyce, Eastman, who are standing with Kevin Sabet, are people who have been victims of Kevin Sabet's actions, or at least what Kevin Sabet stands for. Richard Eastman is a Santa Monica medical marijuana dispensary owner. In 2007, the DEA raided his dispensary. And Richard Eastman is standing with the guy who approves of those raids, is standing with the guy who is fighting to maintain that federal war on drugs that enables the DEA to raid medical marijuana patients. So don't tell me you're standing up for medical marijuana patients when you're standing next to the guy who wants to see them raided and wants to see the prohibition continue that allows them to be raided, and not just in California, but throughout the entire United States. You are supporting a man who supports the prohibition that guarantees that patients in red states die without medical cannabis. You must be proud, Richard Eastman. And uh, Anna T. Boyce, the registered nurse who was, a, uh, again, a co-author of Prop 215, she responded in the email thread saying, quote, as the author, and this is the, the quote that she wants to give to Project Sam to be able to use in their propaganda, quote, as the author of the first bill for medical marijuana in 1991 and 1992 that reached Governor Wilson's desk, but was vetoed, but were vetoed, I have always fought against recreational use of this medication and still do. This is a medicine and must always be remembered that that is what it should be used for, end quote. Yeah, right, Nurse Boyce. And so I suppose those of us that are not using it in a way you approve of deserve to be put in cages and have our families devastated and lose all our uh, assets and have a black mark on our record for life that affects our ability to get jobs, education, housing, medical transplants, and so forth. Yeah, that's uh, some great Hippocratic oath there. Nurse Boyce. Oh, and by the way, it seems odd that you're suddenly 
against Prop 64 when just this last May you were interviewed in the Orange County Register saying, quote, legalizing it will finally take away the drug stigma and give medical marijuana patients the access they need. If it's the only way that we can get some success, some assistance, I'm going to have to vote for it. End quote. Hmm. Just last May, you could see the common sense in legalizing marijuana to remove the stigma that plagues medical marijuana patients to this day. Apparently, Letitia and some of the others have fooled you into thinking that Prop 64 is going to end Prop 215, which it does not. Now, this was all on Saturday that these last few emails were taking place. On Sunday, Pepper was following up on the requests. And she was noting that their little uh, strange bedfellows arrangement with the Project Sam group, whose ideal medical marijuana policy is corporate manufacture and distribution of non-smoked cannabinoid pharmaceuticals. Keep that in mind. Letitia Pepper wants to base her entire paranoid, batshit, crazy, Hail Mary argument on this idea that somehow Prop 64 is going to destroy Prop 215 so the big pharmaceutical corporations, of which George Soros is this massive shareholder, the big pharmaceutical corporations want to have Prop 64 legalized to destroy 15 so they can get you to buy more pills when 64 allows you to grow six cannabis plants in your home and the state can't ban it. Yeah, Big Pharma somehow uh, has cooked this up, right? So if your big fear is that Big Pharma is going to take over the cannabinoid market, how can you stand with Kevin Sabet and Project Sam, whose very existence is predicated on the idea that marijuana, smoked marijuana, is not a medicine, and that it should be run through the FDA, run through pharmacies, run as a scheduled drug, that nobody should have access to that plant. That's who you're standing with, Letitia. And she says in her uh, Sunday morning email, quote, have you decided if your name can be on a press release saying the anti-marijuana people like Sam and medical marijuana patients do not see eye to eye on all marijuana policies, but we are in agreement that we oppose Prop 64? So that's the Sunday follow up. According to the uh, the Zinmeister uh, draft that I received a copy of. The uh, press conferences referred to are supposed to take place tomorrow in San Diego, Wednesday in West Hollywood, and Thursday in San Francisco. So I reached out to uh, some of my colleagues in drug law reform to get their comments on this. Uh, The inimitable Tom Angel from uh, Marijuana Majority, also writes at uh, Marijuana.com, noted that the recent polls show this, quote, strange coalition of unseemly bedfellows end quote, is likely to lose on election day and adds, quote, I wonder if they will actually follow through and team up to create the sort of non-commercial decriminalization of marijuana possession they've given lip service to supporting. Of course, he's talking about the perennial, you know, tilter initiatives, treat it like tomatoes that never get the signatures, never make the ballot. Uh, He continues, quote, will their money be where their mouths are? Or are they just trying to stop legalization at any cost and are willing to say whatever they think it takes? End quote. I also reached out to Amanda Ryman. She's the manager of marijuana law and policy at the Drug Policy Alliance, which, of course, is a major donor and proponent of Prop 64. And she told me of her personal experience 
with the confrontational and disruptive tactics of both Letitia Pepper and Sean Kiernan from Weed for Warriors, she report she reports, quote, last week, some veterans who support 64 and I held an event at the Marin Veterans Auditorium. We heard that some of the Weed for Warriors folks who are opposed to Prop 64 might come out, but I was confident that they would not disrespect their fellow veterans for standing up for their beliefs. <laughs> uh, okay. Today, or they did show and brought Letitia Pepper with them. She videoed us making our statements, calling us liars and traitors, and encouraging the others to do the same. Many of those standing with me have PTSD. One almost passed out due to the badgering. Then when he had to sit down, they made fun of him for that. One of the ladies involved with us felt so harassed that she was afraid to walk to her car alone afterwards. It was shameful and detracted from their message of support, which they have every right to give. It made me mad as a social worker to see vets treated this way. End quote. And of course, I can uh, corroborate personally the description of Pepper's and Kiernan's behavior for I was on a debate panel at the State House earlier this month in Sacramento supporting Prop 64. As I described it in my article on High Times Online, Fear and Loathing in Sacramento, quote, the loathing kicked in almost every time I would respond to one of the fears with reason backed by evidence. Audience members, usually the vets, would shout over me while I was talking, becoming belligerent enough that law enforcement had to calm them. The two non-Sanders panelists, by the way, one of those being Sean Kiernan, directly insulted me, called me a carpetbagger, made a joke about my mother, and impugned my integrity by saying, quote, he's paid by MPP to travel the country to confuse people, end quote, and quote, he works for normal who pays him to spread lies, end quote. For the record, I don't work for any of those organizations. I uh, don't receive any money from them. I did used to work for Normal, and that ended in 2012. Uh, I, I continued writing, to his credit, Saunders chided his fellow No on 64 panelists for the insults. And uh, yeah, that was the experience. And I, I've posted that video. Uh, you can check it out at uh, hightimes.com. Just look for uh, Fear and Loathing in Sacramento. So if you're shocked that medical marijuana proponents would team up with a group that would repeal Prop 215 if they could, don't be. Many people stand to lose a lot of money if Prop 64 passes and ends the status quo of permission slip quasi-legal medical marijuana. And it just so happens some of them are pot smokers. All right, we got to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, it'll almost be time for our uh, safety briefing. So, uh, Let's get ourselves to the ads as quickly as we can, and we'll be right back. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint 
The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. Hello? Hey, uh, are you the one that put the ad on Craigslist? Uh, it was in the, the personal no. section uh, about, you know, want to have a little uh, have a little good time tonight? No. Nothing about, you know, any uh, backdoor action? No. A little fifth base? You're not into that? No, and I, I suggest you don't fucking call my son and my fucking perverted bastard. Are you, are you sure you're not the one on the Craigslist? You're talking dirty to me. Damn, she hung out. That was good. It was funny, though. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Here I I come back to you, and I've only got 10 seconds to talk before we have to break for our safety meeting. I wouldn't want to piss off the union. You know, Local 420 is really sticklers about this, so we got to make sure that we're following all the rules. Want to be safe. All right. There's the bell. Time for us to uh, roll a fatty and uh, take our safety briefing. Sorry, I had to do that extended rant. I had to get it all out. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about this. We'll take a look at some of the opponents of Prop 64 and uh, more opposition TV ads are out. We'll play them for you. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nest trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Lisa was an amazing girl. She loved boating, photography, drama. Nothing could stop the cancer. She was only 17. She had surgeries, hundreds of chemos, radiation. All they could do was try to make her feel better. We did lose Elise in September. It was horrific. I don't know why anyone would choose to deny her relief by denying her access to medical marijuana. Yes on two is compassion for those still fighting. Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. 
Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Hello, Mr. Man. Hi. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working. I'm sorry. No food till this is done. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. 23 after the hour. Hope you had yourself a great safety briefing. Just picking up some of my uh, notes from folks, checking out the chat room. And uh, yeah, I got a request to uh, strike that Stoner Jesus ad with the... Uh, with the uh, harassing phone call. Uh, yeah, I understand. I get that. And uh, I think I agree. So we'll get rid of that one. We've been talking about the uh, exclusive I've posted up at weednews.co showing proof of collusion between the faction of medical marijuana patients, providers, advocates, and so forth who oppose Proposition 64 with uh, Kevin Sabet and Project Sam, the people who would repeal all medical marijuana laws if they could. They're uh, banding together for a series of press conferences Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday throughout California to tout their shared opposition to Proposition 64. And it's important to remember that uh, Project SAM is an organization that is doing the bidding of the opponents of marijuana, the, the pharmaceutical corporations, the rehabs, the prisons, the, the, the cops, and so forth. And uh, my friend Diane Goldstein, uh, one of the board members from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, uh, has done some uh, work on this, has done some study on this. And in Raw Story last week, uh, I believe it was on Wednesday, she published uh, a story entitled How Our Tax Dollars Are Used to Fund Opposition to Marijuana Legalization. And uh, she points out how the pharmaceutical, alcohol and prison food industries are all listed as donors to opposing marijuana legalization initiatives across the country. But the sad part is how our taxpayer dollars are being used to help them. Now, if, if someone wants to oppose legalization, a Sheldon Adelson or a, a Julie shower, any of these people and want to throw money at it and express themselves uh, with that's their first amendment, right? They can do that. That's fantastic. But I got to draw the line when it comes to our taxpayer dollars being used for this. You and I didn't agree to this. So what, uh, what Goldstein found in this article is that the uh, anti-marijuana nonprofits like Project Sam and the government-funded high-intensity drug trafficking agencies, the community drug-free organizations, are misdirecting, misusing, and unethically uh, using the taxpayer dollars to fight these marijuana legalization initiatives. Now, uh, she points out that the uh, California Narcotics Officers Association is one of the groups that's opposed to Prop 64. 
And in their uh, in their in their handouts, in their uh, uh, information packets they give out, they have been using uh, taxpayer dollars. According to uh, the report, the narcotics officers with the Correctional Supervisors Organization, that's prison guards, Peace Officers Research Association, uh, that's another uh, like a union, a uh, cop union, uh, along with the CPCA, CNOA, and the Los Angeles Police Officers Association, uh, according to the California State Lobbying Reports, these five... And there's there's many others, but just these five have spent a combined total of nine point five million dollars, both direct and indirect taxpayer dollars on lobbying since 2001. They'll be pretty close to ten million dollars by the end of the legislative session. Now, not all of that is lobbying for uh, the maintenance of, of, of prohibition, but a lot of it is the high intensity drug trafficking areas. This is part of the drug czar's office office of national drug control policy. They are grant funded. They get their money from taxpayers and these HIDAs, H I D T A's were established in the 1990s. When they were established, their budget was $25 million. It's grown today to almost 200 million, $194 million. They're governed by a uh, federal state, and local law enforcement agencies and prosecutors that uh, facilitate interagency drug control efforts and so forth. But they are employees who are working in connection with federally financed activities. Therefore, they are subject to the federal and state laws that restrict or ban political activity through the use of the taxpayer dollars. Now, nationwide, there are 737 of these hitters and they do abstinence only education. They do the dare programs in the, in the schools. Uh, they do the marijuana eradication when they fly their helicopters out and they pull up plants in the, in the woods and so forth. But since we've uh, legalized in four States, the latest thing they've been doing is writing up these scaremongering reports that cherry pick data and misrepresent it to try to frighten people about, how the sky is falling in Colorado and Washington and Oregon and Alaska. Uh, Reasons Jacob Sullum, a great writer out there at Reason.com, he's been following along on this and detailed how these uh, hitters are misdirecting and, and, and misreporting the facts about legalization in Colorado. Uh, their first report came out after Colorado legalized in 2012. And summarizing that, Jacob Sullum wrote, quote, since suppressing the use of marijuana and other illegal drugs is the agency's mission, its reports on legalization are indictments masquerading as objective assessments. The same organization that last year falsely claimed public support for legalization had declined in Colorado, this year portrays a governor who sounds cautiously optimistic about legalization as unambiguously against it, end quote. Some other things that they've done in their graphs, there's a, one that they, they, they put out that shows this huge change in uh, how kids are using marijuana and to make the change seem huge. The Y axis of the graph runs a range of just like, you know, 5% and doesn't start at zero. It starts like it, you know, where the, the data starts. So what is really statistically this tiny little slope, when you magnify that act, that Y axis becomes this huge mountain looks like this major problem. These kind of, 
statistical sleights of hand and and graphics tricks are part of what these uh, HIDA reports do. And this is coming from our taxpayer dollars. Now, uh, Goldstein, to get more information on this, she went and joined some of these organizations, the California High Intensity Drug Trafficking and the CADFI, which is uh, Californians for Drug-Free Youth. And she made donations to them of $1 to be able to see where the money's coming back from. Like, who's taking this donation? How is it getting processed? And when she sent that $1 donation to CADFI, the receipt that she got through PayPal came from a government-issued address. So the money that she was donating is supposed to be to uh, the, the anti-drug organization. The, the money that's supposed to be federally funded, we are finding now, is being misdirected by these, uh, these government employees. Now, we can't, uh, we can't get much more information on this because Project Sam has not yet filed a federal 990 tax return. This is your nonprofit reporting. Okay. They've been around since January 2013 and they have yet to file any 990s online. Now, I don't know if they've actually filed them with the government, with the IRS, but as far as posting them online, can't find them. Now, I can find you the IRS 990s for Drug Policy Alliance, for Normal, for MPP, for SSDP, for ASA, for LEAP, for Marijuana Majority. I can find all of these 990s for everyone else in drug reform. Why do you suppose that the uh, prohibitionists don't want us to know who's funding them? Why do you suppose they, they want to keep their 990s secret and not have us have the ability to determine who's funding them? That sounds odd. You'd think they'd be proud. Now, uh, in April 2015, uh, Project Sam had uh, formed a spinoff called Sam Action. Sam Action's a political action committee. Because when you're a 501c3, like Project Sam, there's a limit on your money and, and, and how you can use it as far as lobbying goes. A 501c4 isn't subject to those same restrictions. And this is a common thing. I mean, Normal's got this. Normal's got Normal, the 501c3, and Normal Foundation, the 501c4. So this is a very common thing. <clears throat> now, uh, Sam Action, the political action committee, has formed a committee, a PAC, called Committee Against Proposition 64 with Help from Citizens. They've been making donations, and it's a since it's a 501c4, Sam Action can't take charitable tax deductions. Like, if I donate my money to Sam Action, I can't write that off on my taxes as charity because it's lobbying money. It's, it's, it's being used to lobby the government. That's not a charity, right? Now, CADFI, the anti-drug people in California, can donate to Sam Action or, I mean, I'm sorry, CADFI can donate to Project Sam because that's a charitable purpose. But CADFI can't donate to Sam Action because that's not a charity. CADFI, remember, they're getting, this is all their federal grant money, right? So if they want to take some of that federal grant money, donate it to Project Sam, that's cool. They can't take their federal grant money and donate it to Sam Action for the purposes of lobbying. And this is something, you know, uh, Goldstein's got experience with. She's done 501Cs and 501C3s and 4s. Well, according to federal 990 tax records for CADFI, they've been making direct donations to Sam since 2013. Also, 
2015, CADFEED sponsored a poll uh, on uh, Colorado and whether or not the people there were uh, still supportive of legalization. She thought that was a little weird that why would CADFEED, a California organization, sponsor a poll in Colorado? Turns out that Kevin Sabet was using this, of course, to you know, point out that, oh, Colorado's gone to hell, but forgot to mention that CADFEE was the fiduciary agent of Sam and raised over $234,000 for Sam. So again, commingling this money, kind of blurring the lines between what is and isn't allowed with taxpayer money. Now, because of this arrangement, the way they've got it set up, we can't really see how they're doing this. How, how are they blending the money that's going for Project Sam versus Sam Action? But there is currently an investigation going on. The state campaign watchdog is looking into allegations that Sam Action has violated the campaign laws by failing to properly register and report its contributions. Now, again, they haven't filed this information in a timely manner for this campaign when we could actually look it up and make use of it when it would be politically relevant before the legalization vote happens, they're dragging their feet to make sure that that information's not up there. And again, those of us on our side, we're pretty forthcoming with our information. We'll let you know who's funding us. We'll put our information out there. What is it that Project Sam has to hide? I would uh, speculate that, again, it's this commingling of federal tax money, of anti-drug tax money that is being misused for these purposes. Now, in 2015, uh, Goldstein donated another dollar to CADFI, got a PayPal receipt with a different address, this one coming from Project Sam. She theorizes that the difference between 2013 and 2015 is that they realize that, uh-oh, if we leave that uh, that uh, government address on there, they might recognize that we're uh, breaking the rules. So that's an idea of who... Letitia Pepper and some of these medical marijuana profiteers are standing with using your taxpayer dollars to lobby you to vote to keep yourself a criminal. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back with some of the new anti and pro ads on the airwaves. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your PhD in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show... St. Paul's doing good work. It's Mike, Greg, you're a prune tang. If I can use a medical term. Yes. <laughs> the New England Medical Journal. Oh, my That's God. That's right. Uh, you can call me Dr. St. Paul now. Dr. St. Paul. I don't think I will. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't even qualify to be a vet. Oh. 
I'm a special kind of dad. I'll make him less lonely. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Uh, I have a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Barack has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a stuff. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Almost 40 after the hour here as we uh, wind up our show for this great Monday. We're 15 days away from Marijuana Election Night 2016, and it's just getting hectic as hell. We're, uh, we're reaching out to Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom in California to see if we can get him on the program for Election Night. Looks like we've gotten uh, my congressman, Earl Blumenauer, uh, signed up to join us. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up. If you've got any questions, just send me an email. I'm Radical Russ on everything, and that includes Gmail, RadicalRuss at gmail.com. Be glad to hear from you and uh, give you more info. Now, we've been covering this uh, marijuana election for 2016 and the fight on the airwaves between those of us who propose reform and those of us who oppose reform. Various uh, ads going out uh, from the pro and the anti side, and I've been subscribing to their YouTube channels to give you the latest ads as they're posted. These are video ads for the most part, but uh, most of them have some pretty good audio that we can work with. Let's start with this one. This is a yes on two. Or, uh, oh, this is a pro ad. This is a, a four uh, question two, I think that's the Nevada one that the, we're talking about here. Uh, a yes on two ad that touts the jobs that can be created through the legalization of marijuana. Let's give this one a quick listen. My family and I built our life here in Nevada because of all that it offers. But when we have the sixth highest unemployment rate in the nation and we're dead last when it comes to education, we have a problem. Not only would Yes on Two create more than 6,000 jobs, it would mean more than $20 million to our schools every single year and gives people struggling with pain more treatment options. More jobs and better schools? Yes on Two, it just makes sense. There we go. Jobs, jobs, jobs is the, in, is the title of that particular ad. The uh, Yes on Two campaign has a pretty vibrant website going on uh, up there at uh, on YouTube, so Make sure you subscribe that. Give them some love. Also, we've got another ad here. This is the, uh, let's see, the Yes on Prop 205 campaign. That would be the Arizona campaign uh, giving us ideas about what regulation of marijuana is really about. 
To me, Prop 205 means taking marijuana out of the criminal market and putting it in the hands of licensed tax-paying businesses. Creating rules for testing and labeling marijuana so consumers know what they're getting. Generating millions of dollars in tax revenue for K-12 education. Law enforcement will be able to focus on more serious crimes. It's time for a more sensible approach. Healthier citizens. Better schools. Safer communities. It's time to regulate and tax marijuana. Please vote yes on Prop 205. So great ad out there for Arizona's Prop 205. Now, all these ads that we're getting on the pro side, very professionally made, uh, very uh, mainstream, you know, uh, soccer mom types that are going to appeal to a broad demographic. Pardon the unintended pun there. Uh, But uh, the anti ads are a little weird. Uh, Most of them focus on the same scary talking points that we hear from Kevin Sabet. But this this group out of Nevada, the no on question two people in Nevada, put up a strange pair of videos. They, they put one up last week and now they got this new one up and it's a riff on the uh, the bit that Jimmy Kimmel does on his late night talk show uh, about mean tweets. You may have seen celebrities read mean tweets where, you know, somebody famous reads some of the terrible things people say about him on Twitter. Using this same idea, the no on question two people have their second video out entitled Kids Read Mean Tweets from Pot Advocates. This post is by Andrew. Then they would shut up for about an hour. They wouldn't die. This is not in any way a health risk. At Dinky Dough says, give kids pot cookies. At Chelsea Lee Floor, I like to smoke pot and play with my little kids. At ARP did 9-11, you still haven't killed yourselves yet. At Steal Your Dad said, can't wait to smoke weed with my kids someday. Now, I left that tag on the end of there just to give you an idea. The, the lousy production value that these uh, anti-marijuana campaigners are exhibiting i mean just the the microphone sound the the air noise there uh, simple stuff that even a podcaster like me can handle and yet they're putting that out as some sort of professional uh way to fight marijuana legalization and and to me it's it's kind of funny because their title is kids read mean tweets from pot advocates as if the people that they're reading from have any sort of power or influence in the drug reform movement. They're just reading tweets from random nobodies. Uh, my apologies to the people quoted, but really, I mean, they're not, this is not Ethan Nadelman or Mason Tavert or Alan St. Pierre or Keith Strop or me or marijuana majority or anybody who is an actual advocate, an actual activist. None of us are, are that they're taking Tweets off of the internet from just average pot smokers that have little to no understanding of the public relations or the framing of the issue. What these tweets are all responding to is the scaremongering that we hear from the prohibitionists about the pot cookies and the pot brownies and the pot gummy bears. And I understand what these tweet, uh, the senders of these tweets are trying to say. They're saying, Look, if your kid gets into the, the pot gummies or the pot cookies, they're not going to die. They're going to experience some discomfort. 
you're going to have to, you know, watch them for a couple of hours, help them relax, but it's not the end of the world. It's not, they're not going to die. They're not going to suffer any long-term problems from this. But that's a difficult thing to frame properly. And of course, these folks not having any public training or not being public personas in any way are just kind of expressing themselves like it, like how stupid it is to get worried about this, to, to have a, a national panic over 47 kids who went to an emergency room in 2015 for Colorado for eating edibles when we get like 47,000 nationwide that are going to emergency rooms for eating tied laundry pods. It just seems that we have some selective outrage over what it is the kids are getting into. The, uh, the marijuana that point zero 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 X percent of them got into that made them upset for a couple hours, but they're fine versus a thousand times more kids getting into a toxic laundry detergent that can kill them. But nobody's talking about putting the tied laundry pods in uh, childproof containers that uh, can't have can't be colorful and have to be uh, slapped with big warnings on them. And you have to show ID to buy them. Nobody's talking about that. Oh, but the gummy bears. Oh, my God. The pot gummy bears. We got to worry about that. And of course, these Nevada people, they're just trying to use these mean tweets, these uh, uninformed cannabis consumers, cannabis advocates, to try to portray the movement as being unfeeling and uncaring about the issue of child accidental ingestions. Look, we're all about safety and security of cannabis products. That's why we do what we do. We're tired of buying bags in parking lots that might be uh, adulterated with dirt or glass uh sprayed on them or or lead in i've read stories of people getting bags that had little crumbs of lead in them to try to weigh them down lead that that unlike marijuana can actually cause permanent iq loss those are the effects of the prohibition market not knowing what you're getting in your bag no quality control adulteration spiking contaminants pesticides all sorts of stuff that we use legalization to combat. Now we had the report from Oregon health authority. Of course, recently a McMinnville dispensary had a, a batch of some pesticide laden products. We've heard some of that in Washington state. We've got a f- couple reports coming out of Colorado and the prohibitionists want to seize on that. They go, oh, see, see legalization didn't change a thing. Oh, see, you're still getting awful contaminated products. No, we're finally finding them. That's the difference. We're finally finding them. You can't be upset in prohibition about the existence of tainted products and then try to rail against the legalization that's rooting them out. We want that as much as anybody does. We want to have good products. We want to kick out the bad actors. That's one of the things I'm most excited about legalization is ending this criminal outlaw kind of mentality this fuck the man anarchy type mindset this idea that government and capitalism and regulations and profit are inherently evil or inherently bad or inherently incompetent or corrupt not to say that some aren't of course 
There is some of that in every type of organization. But by and large, regulation works. Marijuana regulation and taxation works. We haven't seen the uptick in kids using. We've seen a continued decrease in auto fatalities. The marijuana dependence rate remains steady. States are pulling in tens of millions of tax dollars. Jobs are being created. Economies are increasing. Housing prices are rising. Housing values, I guess we could say. None of the chicken little sky is falling fears are coming true. And the prohibitionists know this. And that's why someone like Kevin Sabet is so desperate. He's willing to reach out to the bat shittiest crazies in the marijuana movement. And, and, and it's interesting because this, uh, uh, the press release that Zins, Zinsmeister was writing up, it was uh, supposed to go out today. It was dated for today. And I still haven't seen it uh, go across my news feeds. I keep refreshing on samaction.net to see if they've managed to uh, put that out yet. But nothing so far. So far, they still seem to be uh, keeping this on the down low. Now, the, uh, it could be that over the weekend, as Zinsmeister was uh, putting it together, and I'm just speculating here. I don't have, I have no one, uh, real knowledge of this. But I speculate that uh, Zinsmeister put this together, started, uh, Sibet started getting these responses from Pepper, started seeing some of the names coming across. And, well, Kevin Sibet's not a dummy. Uh, I'll give that to him. He's an intelligent man. And he's also a longtime uh, uh, government policy wonk. He's been in the White House. He's been a part of the Office of National Drug Control Policy. So I imagine that he's got a pretty decent grasp on the concept of vetting. That you got to vet the people that you might want to uh, work with. And I'm betting that over the weekend, as he started doing some Googling on Letitia Pepper, he may have come across uh, my writing on her and how just last week, just last Wednesday, she was comparing medical marijuana to the lynching that happened under Jim Crow. I'm betting that Kevin Sabet got a look at the list of some of these people and went, ah, no, they're even too batshit crazy for me. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on this Monday and give you a look at the rest of the week. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way.
Raising money for our schools isn't the only reason to regulate and tax marijuana, but it's a good reason. Being a mother of a special needs child, I know that there's financial deficiencies in our school. Schools need every dollar they can get. Regulating and taxing marijuana would generate tens of millions of dollars for Arizona schools. I'm a mom, I'm a grandmother, and I'm a public school teacher. And I'm voting yes on Prop 205. It's time to regulate and tax marijuana like alcohol in Arizona. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. Dear listeners out there, informed me that when I did this segment on ads, that the ads weren't playing over the stream. My apologies. Lots of settings here on the laptop, and I just missed that one. So let me play those for you. Uh, this is the one from the uh, Kids Read Mean Tweets from Pot Advocates. And I'll keep my eye open here and make sure that uh, make sure that it's playing uh, throughout the stream. Man, one of these days I'll have like a real studio and like actual engineers and stuff, and this will work much better. Let's give this a shot. See if it plays. This post is by Andrew. Then they would shut up for about an hour. They wouldn't die. This is not in any way a health risk. At Dinky Dough says, give kids pot cookies. At Chelsea Leaf, where I like to smoke pot and play with my little kids. At ARP did 9-11, you still haven't killed yourselves yet. As your dad said, can't wait to smoke weed with my kids someday. All right. So that's the uh, the kids read mean tweets. And the part that really cracks me up about that one is the, the, the one that's trying to scare us that folks might want to smoke weed and then play with kids. I'm telling you, being high and playing with kids is one of the greatest things ever. It's wonderful. You can get right into their level, man. You can really enjoy uh, what's going on. I, I would recommend it to anyone. The fear they're trying to make it like you're going to be the babysitter and you're going to be so high that they're going to get hurt. And you're not going to be able to help them. And it's just another bit of scaremongering. Uh, that one at the end where the guy says, I can't wait to be able to smoke weed with my kids someday. Could very well be talking about when he turns 21, <laughs> we could smoke weed together. You know, like some parents like to drink a beer with their kid. Let's go to something more sensible. Uh, this is the Nevada Yes on Question 2, the new ad from them touting the jobs created by legalization. My family and I built our life here in Nevada because of all that it offers. But when we have the sixth highest unemployment rate in the nation and we're dead last when it comes to education, we have a problem. Not only would Yes on 2 create more than 6,000 jobs, it would mean more than $20 million to our schools every single year and gives people struggling with pain more treatment options. More jobs and better schools? Yes on two. It just makes sense. Yeah, Nevada question two. And, hey, Dad. And finally, <laughs> sorry about that one. And finally, uh, we've got uh, one from Arizona. The Yes on Prop 205 has this campaign ad on the meaning of regulation. 
To me, Prop 205 means taking marijuana out of the criminal market and putting it in the hands of licensed tax-paying businesses. Creating rules for testing and labeling marijuana so consumers know what they're getting. Generating millions of dollars in tax revenue for K-12 education. Law enforcement will be able to focus on more serious crimes. It's time for a more sensible approach. Healthier citizens. Better schools. Safer communities. It's time to regulate and tax marijuana. Please vote yes on Prop 205. Arizona's Prop 205, that's their latest ad, and uh, these ads are all available up on YouTube. You just have to do a little bit of searching. Uh, Usually just put yes on and then the name or just uh, marijuana, yes, and then the state, and you should probably be able to find them. If you have any difficulty, just email me. I'm RadicalRuss at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to get that information out to you. And uh, the uh, campaigns could also use your help. Uh, If you've got money to donate... Or you've got time and a phone. You can do phone banking for these campaigns. Now, I'd recommend helping out Massachusetts. They're the ones with the lowest poll numbers right now. Second, I would help out Arizona. I think Nevada and Maine and California are pretty much in the bag. I'm pretty confident about them. All right, folks, that's all the time we got for today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more news and interviews you can use for the cannabis community. We'll have another marijuana election night preview tomorrow and Wednesday. On Thursday, we've got uh, we've got uh, Jorge Cervantes in our Cultivator's Corner. And Jay Timms will be joining us. And uh, Friday, more on the marijuana election night. And this Friday night, I'm flying to Dallas, Texas. I'll be a part of the Dallas Marijuana March on Saturday. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down south.